With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sota Daf Yud Zayin. We begin on the top of Daf Yud Zayin, Amar Aleph. Bole Lichtoi Vesamagillah. He came to him to write the scroll of the Sota. Me'ezim Makam Hukosev. From which part of the Torah does he actually write? Me'im Le'shachav Ish Ve'goymer. So he starts writing from the part where he says, If you have not slept with a man. Va'at Kisote Tachas Ishech. And then he continues writing the part about if you were a Sota, if you were unfaithful to your husband, the Kosev, he doesn't write the part where the Torah says Vishbiya that the Kohen makes the woman swear. The Kosev and he continues and writes Yitena Shem Oischa or Oisach, I'm sorry, Yeshem should give you La Allah Ulashvua to a curse and to a swear. And he continues writing that the, the cursed water should come into your innards to destroy your stomach, to make your leg fall. So according to the Tanakhama, who is a you don't write, write that the woman responds. Rabbi says, no, you wouldn't break off in the middle, you wouldn't stop. You would continue writing that the, the Kohen makes the woman swear. That's part of what's written, even though it's something that he's doing. And you also would write uh, that the woman answers, Amen, Amen. Rabbi Huda says, You don't write all these things. You only write the second thing that we said, which is that Hashem should make, make you a curse and a swear. Until the verse which says that these words should come by my ayach into your innards, etc. And he doesn't write that the woman responds. So you have three different shitas here. Let's quickly go through the shitas. The Rabbi Meir, who's the Tanakhama, says that you write the first set of kalalos and brachos, the first set of curses, which is also includes a bracha, a blessing that if she was okay, then she comes out okay. Then we skip where where the coin makes her swear, and then we write the second group of curses, and then we skip the last line, which is that she says her main. That's according to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yassi says, no, you write everything. And Rabbi Yudha says, no, you only write the second group of curses, and you don't write anything that's instructive, whether we're talking about the Kohen making her swear, or whether we're talking about her response. Gemara. B'may kamiflugi. What are they arguing about? B'may kamiflugi. They're arguing about the following pasuk. After everything, so the verse says that the, the Kohen should write these curses inside of a sefer, inside of a scroll. Rabbi Meir Savar, Rabbi Meir, who is a Tanakhama, holds, Alois, Alois Mamish. When we say curses, it means the curses. So when we say Ha Alois, the extra He comes to include the first group of curses, which are coming as the flip side of the brachos, of the blessings. Then the verse says, Eloi, you should write these. This comes to exclude the, the curses that are written in Devarim. Ha'ele, what does the extra hey teach us? The extra hey comes to say that we not only don't we write those curses in Devarim, but we also don't write any of these extra verses over here that have to do with commands and her accepting upon herself. Amen. Rabbi Yaisi says, Kulu Kedika Amris. Everything is like you said. However, S, the word S is an extra word S. The is a voice of Kabbalah. S comes to include something. It comes to include that you also write, like Rabbi Yaisi said in the Mishnah, all of the commands and her receiving and accepting upon herself all of the curses by saying the word Amen. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, S similar Darish. Rabbi Meir doesn't darsh and he doesn't learn anything from that extra word S. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, who said that you only use the second group and you don't say all of the commands and her receiving, kulu He learns everything out from exclusions. Let's see. 
Alos, when it says that he, he has to write down all of the curses, Alos Mamash, it means literally the curses. He says when it says an extra hey, it's not coming to include the first group of curses, but rather saying the curses that come as the flip side of the brachos, of the blessings, so those are excluded. So the verse says these, so it comes to exclude the curses that are in Dvarim, that's talking about if the people of Israel don't do what they're supposed to do, they're not shaykh to hear, they don't apply here. Ha'ela, the extra hey, lemeute tzavois v'kabalois. This comes to exclude the commands and her accepting upon herself all of these curses. So those are not included in the Sefer according to Rabbi Yehuda. The Rabbi Meir, so we go back to Rabbi Meir's sheet, the Rabbi Meir said that the hey of each of these things has a different function. Maishna hai hey, Demar bibe. Why is it that the first hey we said comes to include umaishna hai hey demoid be? And why is it that the second hey comes to exclude? So we say hey de gabi de ribuya ribuyahu. The hey, the first hey, so it's on the word haalos, which is saying something that we do say. So the hey comes to include something else that we do say. Hey de gabi de miuta miuta. But the second hey, which is by haela, which is saying specifically this and not something else, so that hey comes to exclude as well. Now, the Gemara asks, Rabbi Meir holds that if you say something positive, we don't per se know that the opposite is also true. For example, if you say to your child, let's say, if you go to the store, then I'm going to buy you a candy. So, if you don't go to the store, I will not buy you a candy. So you have to say both of those sides, otherwise the flip side is not per se obvious, according to Rabbi Meir. So he learns it out from a pasuk. It's actually learned out from verses. But the question is: So according to Rabbi Meir, that holds that we don't know the opposite. So why are the blessings included in the scroll? Because if you say that you you can figure out the opposite based on when you say something positive, you can figure out that there's something negative deduced from there. So then we would understand why you write the blessings because they imply something negative. But according to Rabbi Meir, we don't figure out something negative from something positive. So why are the blessings included? Amar Rabbi Tanchum says he nakiksev. That the word is written hinaki, and Rashi explains that instead of reading the word hinaki, read it chinaki, which means that she should be choked. In other words, even in the blessings themselves, there's an implication from the fact that the, the word was written in a certain way, implying that if she did something wrong and she was unfaithful to her husband, indeed she will be choked. Therefore, there is something implicit that's negative inside of the blessings themselves. Darish Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva Darshan, this is a famous Gemara, Ishvi Isha. When you have a man and a woman, Zahu, if they merit, Shechina B'neihem, the Divine Presence is amongst them. Lo Zahu, Eishach Lason. So if they don't merit, so fire eats them up. So the Rashi explains that if you look at the word Ish and Isha, so you have the two letters in each of them is the Aleph and Shin, which is Eish, which is fire. And then you have a Yud in the word Ish, and a He in the word Isha, that if Isha and Isha, they combine properly, they create a synergy amongst them, so then you have a connection between the Yud of Ish and the He of Ish, and you have the name of Hashem. So if they're not Zoha, if they don't properly combine, so then Hashem, the name Yud and He don't, don't combine, and all you're left with is Eish. So Hashem removes himself, and then you have fire. Amar Rava, and Rava says, Udi Isha Adifa Ish, and the fire of the woman is stronger than the fire of the man. Because if you look at the word Ish and you look at the word Isha, so in Ish, so the letters Aleph and Shin are separated by the Yud. But in the word Isha, the Aleph and Shin are connected. And therefore her fire, so to speak, is more likely to get lit up if they don't connect properly and create Shin and bring down the Divine Presence. Amarava, Mivne Ma Amra Torah Have Efer Lesaita. 
Why does the Torah say bring dirt for a sota? Because it's teaching us the following. Zachta, if she merits Yitzimi men ben ka'avraham avinu. If she merits, she's going to have a child like Abraham, our forefather. The Chsiv as it says, Afar ve'efer, that he referred to himself as dirt and ash. Loi zachta, if she didn't merit, tachzer la'afra, then she goes back to her dirt, meaning she passes away. So this is what is represented by the fact that there's dirt that's placed inside of the waters. Darish Rava, Rava Darshind, Bischarsh Amar Avram Avinu, Vanachi Afar ve'efer, and the merit of the fact that Abraham, our forefather, said, I am dirt and ash, Zachubana Lishtemit's voice. So his children merited to receive two commandments. And specifically, these, these commandments that we're talking about have to be commandments that a person benefits from, because it's a reward. It's a reward in this world, not just in the next world. Afer para. So we have the ashes of the para aduma, the red heifer. And Rashi says the two benefits are one, we get an atonement for our sins. The sin of the golden calf is atoned for by this. And, and as well, it allows us to come into the Beis HaMikdash and, and it allows us to bring, come into the temple. And we're no longer going to be tummy, we're not going to be impure. Offer soita, and the other thing is the dirt of the soita. And the benefit of that is, first of all, it gets rid of znos, it gets rid of improper behavior. And second of all, it allows a woman to become mutter to her husband, to become permitted to her husband, and, and it creates shalom bias. And it also helps her have better children. Now the Gemara asks, What about the dirt of covering up the blood? Why don't we say that the Avram Avinu, by calling himself Afar, by calling himself dirt, so he merited for his children to have the dirt of covering up the blood. That's also a mitzvah. So the Gemara answers, Hasam Hechshem Mitzvah Ika. So we say over there you have a mitzvah, but you don't have any direct benefit in this world. Whereas in the other two, so we said that there are specific and direct benefits. Dorash Rava, Rava Darshind. in the reward for that which Abraham our forefather said, He said to the king of Sodom after he saved his entire people, he said, I'm not going to take anything from you. Not even a string, and not even a shoelace. So in that merit, Zachu mitzvos. So his children merited to have two commandments. Chut tcheles, the string. So that string merited him, the string of, of tzitzis. Ritzua shel tfilin. And this that he said, I'm not even going to take a shoe strap. So that was the merit that brought the people of Israel, the mitzvah of tfilin, of placing the phylacteries upon their arms, which looked like shoe straps. We understand the benefit of having Ritzua Shel Tefillin. All of the nations shall, shall see that Hashem's name is upon you. And this is reference to Tefillin, as we're about to say. And then the Pazik says, They'll fear you. So there's a direct, immediate benefit. And we learned that Rebbe the Great said, This is reference to the Tefillin, the Tefillin on one's head. The string of Tcheles, Mahi. What is its immediate advantage? To Tanya, the Gemara answers, Rabbi Meir used to say, Why did Hashem choose to give us this color, Tcheles is blue, as opposed to any other color? That that's the color that should be upon our Tzitzim. Because this color blue is the similar to the to the sea. The sea is similar to the sky, and the sky is similar to the color of the throne of glory. Shanemar, as the verse says, they saw Hashem, so to speak, underneath his feet was this livnas hasapir, sapphire type look, and like the essence of the sky, of the heavens in their purity, and the verse says, that this same lashon, this sapphire lashon, 
is the the way the throne of glory looks. So what is the advantage, the immediate advantage of the tzitzis? The advantage is that it makes us realize, it helps us recognize that Hashem, we are constantly with Hashem, we're constantly tachas kisiyakovet, our souls are connected directly into Hashem, and therefore there's an immediate benefit that we constantly have this recognition of Hashem with us always. Mishnah, Masnisin. This Megillah Saita, this scroll of the Sota cannot be written on a piece of wood, engraved on a piece of wood, or on, let's say, some kind of papyrus, some kind of paper, and it can't be written on Diftera. Diftera is unprocessed leather, so you can't use any of these things.